Welcome to Paper Boys, the weekly podcast where we unravel the research mysteries behind the latest major headlines in science. I am your host, James, with, as always, trusty co-host, Charlie. Welcome, Charlie. I'm happy to be here, James. I'm intrigued by you said research mysteries. I feel like a true crime podcast now. Yeah. Who did it? Why'd they do it? Yeah, this will be a real whodunit today. Who was in the candle room with Mr. Mustard? Yes. And what were Colonel Mustard's methods? Ooh. Excellent. And what was his hypothesis? <laughs> and what's the Higgs boson anyhow? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, so are you here to talk about the board game Clue, or are you here to talk about some headline science news? Oh, I wish I were here to talk about Clue, but, well, not unfortunately. Very fortunately, I have something else to talk about, because okay. no one wants to hear me talk about Clue. <laughs> I have brought in an interesting article today. About? It's been uh what's a good analogy i can't come up with a good analogy but basically it's about really weird interfaces for technology that mimic skin uh would you like me to i'm not sure what to say to that (laughs) uh like your keyboard is made out of skin or something let me frame it this way i mean yeah basically you know we use touch screens and like touch pads all the time and it's like plastic but Every day in our normal human lives, we use a touch interface Wait, no. that gives us expanded capabilities. Stop. I don't like where this is going. Called skin. No. They so, want your screen to be made of skin? Yeah, you can think of it this way. This is the best way, I think, to frame it. We talk a lot about um, human augmentation, where you take machine parts and you add them to a human to improve human performance. Stop. Stop. I don't want this, to know what you're about to say. This is machine augmentation, where you take... The best part of being human, a.k.a. having skin, arguably, arguably the best part. That is frequently at the top of my list when I'm asked. Yeah, every day you're like, oh, man, I'm so grateful for being a human and, A, having skin. Yeah. You know, like having skin and all the other things that come with being human. B, having a family. Yeah. <laughs> C, I don't know. But yeah, so you take skin and you augment your machines with Why? skin. Fake Why? skin. Well, I wish this was a video podcast so everyone could see like the grimace that I just had for the last minute. When we make videos eventually, they will. Okay. But yeah, for the record, Charlie is grimacing. Yeah. All right. Well, I need like a minute here to just kind of prepare myself for the stuff you're about to tell me. So in the meantime, if you're tuning in for the first time, James and I are both PhD students and we read a lot of research papers for our own work. And so we decided to start this podcast as a way to tackle misinformation in the media using our superpowers for good. <laughs> and not evil. And yes, more specifically, not using them for evil, which is what we did before we started this podcast. We are the Paper Boys. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, please check us out on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at PaperboysPod. We also would love to hear your suggestions on email, paperboyspod at gmail.com. Most importantly, we'd love it if you checked out our Patreon, patreon.com slash paperboyspod. We do bonus episodes every month, and uh, people love them. Everyone has been kind of freaking out about our latest bonus episode, about the mouse universe that collapsed into a deadly society. I know this is going to be a hard one to one up. That one was super weird. Yeah, but we got some good things in the pipeline. 
Yeah, we have some exciting ones in the pipeline. So, so, so you're going to want to sign up for that. Uh, it's $3.14 a month, pie dollars. That's, uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> you come in at that tier and get the bonus episodes already. And you get all the old bonus episodes when you come in. So sign Charlie, up, get ready for next month. Charlie, tell them what else they get with pie dollars a month. Well, folks, they also get a free sticker. And Our, these stickers are actually really cool. They actually are really nice quality. Yeah. So isn't they're not your your bad sticker. You know, like we're on a college campus all day. We get a lot of bad stickers. We're not talking about like your elementary school gold star. No, not yeah. it's not it'll stay on a water bottle. It's not gonna rub off in the rain. We yeah. know. We we do know. We've been testing these for months now. Yeah. They're made to last. So check that out. Uh patreon.com slash paperboyspod. James, I'm almost afraid to ask, but what is the deal with this skin interface skin interface is that what they call it no but that you should submit that to the authors okay, i'm gonna copyright that one right now yes skin interface uh it's actually skin on okay somehow that's worse yeah um, <laughs> kind of gross well so there's this technology that's been going around called on skin technology and that's like a way of using using human skin to like transmit messages so like it's like kind of weird. I didn't quite get it, but on skin interfaces are like, here, I'll read you an excerpt from IEEE computer.org. The convergence of advances in electrical engineering and material science has opened up new opportunities for using the skin as an interactive device. That's so easy. <laughs> <laughs> so this is like, you could have like a wearable device that would like vibrate or something. Basically, like you would be wearing sensors on your skin and so, like, different taps at different points of your skin. So, you're sort of using your skin as an interface to communicate data. Okay. But that would be a machine communicating to you via your skin. Basically. Okay. Basically. So, taking the term on skin and turning it to skin on is actually, like, representative of what they're doing. With that analogy of, like, using machines to augment humans or using humans to augment machines. In this case, we're taking lessons from human biology and using that to improve our machines. Okay, so they're reversing this on-skin thing. Yeah. And why? Why? <laughs> yeah. I, that's a great question. I can give you a lot of reasons. But first, the paper that we're talking about is this recent conference paper uh, by lead author Marc Tessier called Skin on Interfaces, a Bio-Driven Approach for Artificial Skin Design to Cover Interactive Devices. It's a conference paper. Okay. It's available online as a PDF. And did this, like make headline news was this covered anywhere uh yeah it's been covered by several different websites science daily had posted it as artificial skin creates first ticklish devices oh i particularly no. like that one ticklish uh hype beast not crazy about the name of that website <laughs> uh says skin on interfaces realistic skin phone case which doesn't actually make sense to me i think there's a typo in their title skin on interfaces realistic skin, skin phone case no that makes sense does it not? I'm not going to debate grammar on here, but... Oh, you mean that was like one sentence. I thought it had like a colon in there somewhere. There was no punctuation. It's just skin on interfaces, realistic skin. <laughs> you yeah, see okay. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I see what you mean. <laughs> but, okay. um, and then extremetech.com said, researchers create skin-based phone interface, comma, plum depths of uncanny valley. Okay. There were a few other like this on independent and whatever, but yeah, it was popping up. So do these like skin interfaces actually look and feel like skin or is it? Oh, my God. Yeah. Really? Well, I mean, I haven't felt it. So it's not I've just like read about silicon it. that 
you know, they're calling like, oh, it's like skin for your phone. It, they're actually making skin. No. So, I mean, it, it is silicone, but like they're making it in such a way as like they did some studies first. I'll get into the details, but like it's more complex than just like one sheet of silicone. Yeah. But this is like, I mean, that last headline said uncanny valley. And I'm thinking like, you know, it's sort of like with like robots or uh, like these smart devices that we have. Yeah. It's actually beneficial to make them not look like humans because you'll interact with them more kind of organically. And the Uncanny Valley, which I'm actually quite familiar with the concept because I have a theory that everything, that the Uncanny Valley applies to everything. But Yes. Well, do you want to we explain do... what the Uncanny Valley is? Though? So the Uncanny Valley is like sort of the strange feeling you get when you're interacting with like AI or robots and it almost looks and feels weird, but it's like not quite there. It's uncanny. But like it doesn't feel human either. And so it changes the way that you interact with it. Right? Yeah. I think it's specifically that like as something gets more and more human like, there's like a more and more positive response. Mm -hmm. But then there's a certain point right before the like right before you get to full on human, there's a certain point where like the positive response just drops off to become very negative. Okay. Like you know how um like the, there's those AI robot heads and it's like that lady who's like talking it's really creepy like that episode of silicon valley where yeah yeah I, I don't know the name of the company or the or the robot woman's head that they're building but it's really freaky because it's so close to human but it's slightly off that it like really unsettles you it throws you off even more than if it was like like the robots that look, interact with you yeah or, or, Siri or it's the same reason why like uh that movie the polar express they went for like really realistic looking uh, people but it looks so it looks really unsettling whereas like a total cartoonish animated movie doesn't unsettle you at all yeah like south park <laughs> yeah yeah oh uh that's interesting i'll show you pictures and you tell me but basically yeah i was a little bit unsettled by yes. how like how like real it looks and like even the videos you know i can't feel the interface myself but even the videos and you look at it and you're like it just kind of creeps you out really? a little bit and I, you know i think that's what they're going for also because it build type but oh okay so yes this is in the news you asked before i got onto this big tangent why would someone want to do this yeah it was um, more of like a philosophical why though like why god <laughs> why god? why would you do this to us well i'm gonna give you a very technical engineering response okay. so skin's one of our primary interfaces to the world it's like it's a pretty amazing organ when you think about it it serves as a medium for a lot of our communication mm -hmm. hugs taps scratches pinches tickles who could forget fist bumps who could get well i mean that's like <laughs> is that skin yeah how is that not skin? oh fist bump they yeah. said fist pump no okay yeah yeah it's a lot of communication going on in all those fist bumps okay so the idea of developing this skin interface they said in the paper which was actually kind of a cool concept was to increase our interaction bandwidth with our devices you know, with a normal touchpad, I can I have like a few degrees of freedom. I can move left, right. I can tap. I can use two fingers to zoom in or zoom out. I can use three yeah. fingers to move windows. But like, that's it. Oh, okay. But like, if I could use different they've already gestures. they a lot with those, with that limited amount of gesturing. True. For you, in like one-way interactions between you and the computer. Oh. But, oh. But, oh, no. They're going to make the skin like tickle you back? Well... No, I mean, you could come up with something where it's like, maybe the skin starts to sweat if you make it. Oh, more. no. <laughs> no, they don't talk about that. That was me. Oh, there. But um, it gets goosebumps. 
but if you had this medium like skin has pressure sensitivity yeah you can do different types of actions depending on the fingers the rate at which you're moving things like that you could transmit more information so this could be used for like new types of novel joysticks new types of human interaction that we can't even that we haven't even imagined yet if you're interacting with an avatar or like some sort of robotic device um you could imagine you can start to integrate like emotion into it. So if you're paying attention and it's talking to you, you could like calmly put your hand on the skin. If you're annoyed with what they're saying, out, you could pinch it and make them angry. This is really freaking me out. If you're texting someone, this is cool. I'm going to like rattle off a ton of examples. Please, please do. Like, let's say you want to send an emoji to someone. And so like you're angry at them. So you pinch, but not just a little bit. You pinch it really hard and it sends an angry face where you slap your phone. But like... I can just send the angry face. I, what I'm imagining is like I should be able to pinch my phone and then somehow that pinch gets conveyed to the person to show you like, look, I'm so angry. I want to pinch you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's different from haptic feedback. I but think, but, I but, but I mean, right. but like right now you're angry. You have to go through the step of processing it. You're like, I'm angry. Okay, let me go into my thing of emojis. I'm going to click through here. Okay, there's my angry face. I'm going to send that. And it's like if you're really angry, you're like, okay, I'm going to send 10 of these. And then yeah. press send, where it's like you could communicate that emotion through this like skin interface the same way it's like you're angry at your friend jokingly and you're hanging out and you just like punch him on the shoulder yeah i mean that that's like kind of a it's a dumbing that, yeah that's kind of a bad pitch for it i kind of feel like you're you're one of like the kind of joke presentations on you know dragon's den or something <laughs> like <laughs> like one that's on just for the pure entertainment value for the audience some well, guy I mean, comes uh, in he's like <laughs> You know, we have these robots. What if they had skin and you could rub, you could caress their hand? Truth, I mean, so, you know, don't shoot the paper boy, as no, I always I, say. I know. <laughs> I'm no, just telling you what I was you reading. Out. I know. I just mean that that's how it sounds right now. But the point being that I do understand that, like, if this technology existed, we would probably develop way cooler, like, more profound uses for it than saying, oh, it could help you send your emoji better. Yeah. It's like, it's like any revolutionary technology, like, We've talked about this before, like in movies, when they show the future, there's all these like crazy advanced things, but then they still have like, you know, like a wrist pad that they're, that they're like communicating with their voice through. It's like in a telephone booth. Yeah. And like, like like a telephone that has like a TV screen that they're going to, it's like, well, no, if they have all these other wonderful technologies, they also have like a brain implant and they can just think to each other. Yes, exactly. You're not going to be tethered to your watch or to your phone, you know? Yeah. And truthfully, I mean, so one of the things I've realized also with a lot of papers i'm not this isn't like accusatory or anything like that but like if you think outside the box and you do these things and you elicit some sort of emotional reaction like your response to the fact that this is a skin interface <laughs> yeah it only like builds hype around the research yeah and it also i mean in probably like one percent of cases means they're doing something right yeah they're thinking outside the box yeah it hasn't been done so you know we could talk about weird examples of skin interfaces all day but uh thought what i would do is show you a quick video okay. about this and then we could talk about some of the design challenges and get into some of the conclusions for this work and like why are we even talking about it okay Our, we're gonna post this video on the website i assume of course because of course <laughs> video is a great format for the podcast medium yes and <laughs> what makes it even better is that there are no words in the video oh so. perfect an even better form okay we'll so, uh we'll cut through so James is going to show me this video and we'll be back in a few seconds through the magic of editing. Editing? Time machine. It's, sorry, yeah, the time machine. 
Ew. No. No. I hate this already. Dude, this is really disgusting. It's pretty creepy, isn't Ew. it? He's tickling his computer. Ew, stop pinching it. Oh my god, no. <laughs> it looks so like real horrible. skin, doesn't it? It's so horrible. No. The f Dude, the phone is like covered in like this gross, like globular structure. Like they put Play-Doh around it. I know. It's but awful. It's skin colored. This is coming so everyone who's listening. Keep in mind that Charlie's favorite movie ever is The Fly with Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> which is the nastiest movie ever. No, this this video is making me think of a different movie by David Cronenberg called Existence. We'll talk about it in a second. Ew. Like, you could just put a touchscreen on the back of the phone. You don't need gross skin there. I guess my problem with it is that they made it skin colored. We'll talk about that. That was a consideration. It's so strange. So, like, it sounds weird when we're just describing this, you know, just over audio. But, like, when you see the application and you see this video, Honestly, I think it's it makes weirder. a little more sense. It's weirder. It looks weirder now that I've seen the video. I mean, why not just go all the way and put, like, hair on it? <laughs> like, so if they're going to go through the effort to make it look this gross, then just also have it have, like, gross arm hair, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. Put, like, a couple warts on there and <laughs> yeah. a pimple. Oh, my God. I mean, that's probably why, like, some of the fascination with technology is it's, like, it's perfect. You know, it's, like, glass and metal, and it's, like, it's not human skin. Yes. It's, like, a, a pristine device that I get to pretend is like me. Yeah. Instead, I have to touch this thing that is, unfortunately, like me. <laughs> like, Yeah. It's Do you weird. have to, like, put soap on it after you're, like, in the bathroom? <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine that this is, like, super sanitary after a long period of time. Yeah, seriously. All I can think Dude, of is, Cheeto like... Cheeto dust. Oh, man. Oh, God. Do you have to, like... Your phone. Like, suck your phone's fingers after you're done <laughs> eating chips? Like... <laughs> For the record, there are no flanges on this phone, but... <laughs> oh, the, dude, that... Okay, that video was actually unsettling. So... Yes. So there's... I don't know if you guys actually want to go watch this on the website. You should go watch it. Okay. Or at least Google skin on and you'll see pictures of it. Yeah. Well, paperboyspodcast.com, video's up there. Watch at your own risk. It's kind yes. of unsettling. Safe for work, though. Safe for it work. is, but it really toes the line. <laughs> <laughs> toes the line? Oh, stop. Okay. So I understand what it is now. I'm not going to say I'm on board, but I'm curious what this paper actually covers. Like, is this a really technical paper or is it just like a, oh, here's our sales pitch in science form? Kind of. So it's a conference paper. So it's like an initial investigation. And um, it's a group that does human computer interaction. So with that, from the papers that I've read that are of, like of a similar style, it's like they sort of do a trade study. They do user studies to inform design choices. Hmm. They come up with the design, talk about trade offs, and then do some sort of evaluation at the end. It's kind of like a similar story every time. Okay. And this follows that general format. Okay. So I'm curious... I guess kind of before we get into like the design choices and how people react to it. Yeah. I'm curious, how does it actually work? Good question. So the way it works is through capacitive sensors. It's called mutual capacitance. So it's okay, very similar mean? to the way like a touchscreen works. Oh, how does a touchscreen work? So with the touchscreen, uh, essentially you have these like unconnected capacitors and a, a grid of unconnected capacitors. So it's like you could... Uh, reference any point on your screen from like an x and a y coordinate and when you touch your finger there you make a connection and so you have a circuit 
that's checking through all possible combinations and when it sees a connection then it's like this is where your finger is okay and the, and each capacitor is mapped to a location so then it knows yeah when it's that like capacitor gets touched it knows where you touch it's like row 10 column 7 i okay. see a signal your finger must be there gotcha but there's probably like thousands of rows and columns yeah for like an iphone in this case it's like a 12 by 12 grid and okay. so so figuring out the sensing mechanism was part of the design though meaning the choice of using one of these capacitive sensors versus anything else yeah yeah so there's a couple different ways that you could approach this for designing the skin so like I think it's helpful to take a step back first and talk about, like, what is it about skin that's appealing for an interface? Didn't we already talk about that? Uh, we did. We did. But, like, I guess from an engineering perspective. Oh, okay. Like, okay. for more specific requirements. Okay, gotcha. So, like, uh, pigmentation is important because, like, we see skin and skin color is a thing. Okay. Like, oh, that looks like skin or, like, yeah. oh, that doesn't look like skin. Oh, uh, wait, sorry. Okay. So, you mean once you've decided that you want the interface to be skin, these are now the questions that are, like, how do we get it to look like skin? Yeah, how do we get it to look like skin? And most importantly, how like what are the quantitative features of skin that we want to mimic? Okay, sorry. I thought you were kind of going from the other way where like the designers, you know, kind of like more artistic designers are saying like, well, wouldn't it be great if we had skin as an interface because it has all these great features. But now we're saying once you've already decided that you want a touchscreen made of skin, how do you actually emulate skin as like an engineer? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we talked about it on a high level where like, Oh, you can communicate emotions through skin. But from a sensory perspective, skin is pretty amazing. We can sense uh, texture, strain, thickness. We have pretty high spatial acuity, you know, like millimeter resolution. In our skin, you mean? Yeah. Meaning so if like someone touches your, your palm, you can differentiate between uh, points that are like one to two millimeters away. Wow. Okay. Um, and it's different on different parts of your body. but. Yeah. You know, you can also detect heat and things like that, vibration. So it's like, a, it's a pretty amazing sensing. Yeah. It's way more than medium. just what location is touched on yes. the screen. Yes. Okay. So with those design considerations in mind, um, the authors of this paper talked about some of their design choices. They do use silicone, but you were like, oh, like, is this just like a sheet of silicone? And they went a little bit further to where they actually like, they made a thicker piece of silicone that kind of mimics like the fat beneath your skin. And then there's a thinner like one and a half millimeter layer on top of that. To actually feel like skin. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so they realized pretty early on, like from pigmentation, they wanted to go skin colored because people had different emotional reactions to different colors. Oh, so they tested different colors. Yeah, they actually tested, uh, they did like a survey with people and they had them look at different colors and some of the questions they asked were like, does this interface look like a device? Does it look like human skin? Does it look comfortable to touch the surface? And if it wasn't skin colored, it was less comfortable looking? Basically. Well, so they said that beige and brown colors better communicated interactivity and anthropomorphism. <laughs> this idea that like you're interacting with something that's kind of human. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why, like, th that would be appealing to you. I mean, I saw the video. If I walked into, a, like, a phone store and all the cases looked like that, I would go to the next store. <laughs> well, they're not trying to mark... Like, it's not like a marketing study. No, but, but, you, but I mean, you just said that people were... It was more appealing to people. To interact with it. Okay. I mean, it's... it's what if it was, like, booger-colored? 
<laughs> well, no one would make it booger colored. You make it like well, why, why you make it, it like sea breeze. You're starting trying to come in with a clean sheet. <laughs> no, but that's, that's sea breeze. Like, yeah, you'd make it like a cool, you know, color that people like. No one likes the color of booger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Point taken. So that was one thing. They did this other weird part that was actually kind of cool, but also weird, where they did different skin textures to mimic wrinkles and try to look at what was most Ooh. appealing to people. This I call this one in the pool for 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. When you're five years old versus when you're 70 years old. Yeah. And the other thing they looked at was thickness. Okay. So people, I'm assuming, liked wrinkles? Some wrinkles, but not too many wrinkles. Too many wrinkles they found felt weird. Okay. But no wrinkles also felt weird? It was like a baby. They're looking for the amount of wrinkles that like a, maybe like a 35-year-old has. Not enough wrinkles just didn't feel like, they were like, this doesn't seem like skin. They wanted to be like, they wanted the shock factor, I think. Again, this is what's freaking me out is that the metric is how close to skin is this? Because I mean, you could also probably design this sensor. This is why I keep saying this. You could design this sensor to have all these haptic controls without looking or feeling like skin. You could. I, but I mean, so truthfully, I think that would change the interaction between the participant and the device. Because if it's skin and it looks like skin and it feels like skin, like, You'll it's, we like skin. it's weird because it's this uncanny valley. It's weird because like emotionally and intuitively, you know how to like interact with it and you know what the response should be. Yeah. If it's a sea breeze, smooth surface, you're like, this is cool and I like the design of it, but I'm not going to treat it like it's skin. You're going to kind of treat it robotically. Like yeah. kind of the way, you know, I feel like, you know, Siri is not all that good. And when I interact with Siri on my phone, I give it like instructions like it's a robot because I know what input will get me the right output. Yeah. But like Alexa feels way more real. And so you'll talk to her more naturally. Yeah. No, but I'm I mean, it's like, yeah. You don't want to insult Alexa because she yeah. listens to everything that you say. Yeah, well, and she's got a name and her AI is better and just a variety of reasons. But yeah, yeah, it's an interesting like design perspective. I never have to deal with people with my designs. So yeah, just monkeys. It's interesting. Just monkeys. <laughs> and they don't care about the color. So that was a really long way of actually addressing your question of how do they sense it with the conductive sensing. The reason I took that long tangent is because like from those points and especially the the requirement for this thickness that it feels like skin they could actually start evaluating different electrodes because the they looked at like like different types of like these conductive plastics conductive fabric as well and what they found was that it changed the thickness and it didn't quite have the material properties for skin that they wanted hmm. so what they ended up coming up with was using conductive thread and putting it in this tight grid oh really Yep, so I can show, there's a lot of pictures of it. And so they had like two grids, and when those grids come, like, touch each other, that's how you get your capacitive, like, connection? Yeah, exactly. Huh. Yes, it's actually cool. I mean, there's a cool picture and video of how they make it. But here's the diagram from the paper where it shows, like, this human skin, and this is skin on. So there's this fatty layer, and then there's this overlay of grid with the yeah, conductive Yeah, so the wires. conductive threads are between the fatty layer and the top layer. Yep, and then a thin layer of silicone. Okay, so then when you touch, those two layers of threads touch each other, and then they can figure out where you've touched. Yeah, exactly. You can see how they make it. I mean, it's literally on like a piece of cardboard, 
they lay a layer of silicone and then it's like weaving almost where they set up this grid oh yeah that's pretty cool those are then soldered to a sensor and then plugged into some digital interface so it's fairly simple yeah i'm kind of surprised this is the kind of thing you think like oh bioengineers 3d printed a sensor that goes into a vein to collect <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no no i mean it's it's relatively simple and then a lot of the magic of gesture res- recognition and stuff like that comes from software. They use this interesting open software called OpenCV that's commonly used for like computer vision. Oh, okay. So then once they've got the sensor in place, how do they then do all the software stuff that distinguishes different like gestures? So then you start getting these inputs. Um, they tested the spatial acuity that they could get. They could get like on the order of, I think it was like two to four millimeters, which is pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty so. Good. Like, if you put your th- two fingers in it, how close can they be together where you can still notice the difference? Hmm. So, actually, yeah, this is pretty cool. So, you're touching on this grid. This is basically like a twelve by twelve grid, maybe twelve by twenty. But you could basically imagine wherever you're touching and getting signals in, you could translate that to an image, like a pixel, pixel, pixel by pixel image. Where you oh, measure yeah. the intensity of each point. Okay, and then. You can pass that into image processing software. Oh, so that's why they're using a computer vision like software. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So I thought that was pretty innovative. Yeah, that's pretty clever. And then you can start to um, differentiate blobs, like they call them blobs. <laughs> funny. <laughs> and so like those are different points that are being touched. Uh, you can look at the different shapes that occur. So like if you push your finger in and you start like moving it around or pulling it, you'll get like these ellipsoids. Oh yeah. And, and then they can get the direction that it's going and all that yeah so from the geometry of these blobs they can start to figure out different aspects so i mean i know that i've asked this probably 10 different times but like it sounds like the software is really the part of this that matters like you could apply this software to your phone's touchscreen as well you could apply the software as well but on your phone's touchscreen you you're limited in what you can tell do to it you can't you can't pinch your iPhone screen. So from a human computer interaction perspective, this opens up new means of doing it. So you're saying that the shapes that get produced on this image that they create are different from what you could get on your touchscreen because of the actual like feel of the skin. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason that you couldn't use OpenCV to do the same exact thing with a glass touchscreen with a capacitive sensor like we do right now. Mm-hmm. And I'd be surprised if like Apple and Samsung aren't doing that already. But because you have this depth factor now, you can start to look at more intricate interactions. I guess, yeah. So like if I were to like press my knuckles into this skin on thing, mm-hmm. that would look different than pressing my four fingers into it. Yeah, just because of the shape of my knuckles. Whereas on my touch, my phone's touchscreen, it wouldn't be able to distinguish those two different like shapes that are being pressed in. But the I think phone's touchscreen would just be four points. Yeah, and I think you're. I don't actually know. I don't know if your phone's touchscreen can detect pressure. It can, yeah. It can, yeah. But you can imagine like you'd have to probably more finely tune yourself, your interaction with your phone's touchscreen with pressure, just because like. You don't get much you don't get much kinesthetic feedback. Oh, I see. And so you get this haptic feedback with skin 
with an actual skin interface that you don't from a glass screen. I see. And that's more intuitive to people because we do it all the time. Yeah. Okay. Can't fist bump your iPhone. You can fist bump skin on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just looking for reasons not to have to buy one of these one day. You're skeptical. Yeah. And I appreciate that. I'm also not trying to sell you on this. <laughs> no, I know. And then I'm sure this is something that we won't actually see for a long time, if ever. But I hope not. But it's cool. I mean, it's in, it's like create. It's very creative research. I'm not trying to bash the researchers. It's yeah, just yeah, weird. Yeah, and I, sorry, I'm not trying to bash it either. I'm more like, it just freaks me out. So yeah, I want to really like understand like you know if this truly is like a really great idea, then I'll get on board. But you know, the initial reaction was kind of like, ooh, it's strange. Very it's strange. strange. I mean, and so truthfully, that's most of the paper. They developed it. They come up with an open source solution, and then they did some testing with people to see like what sort of gestures could be identified so were these gestures that they created to say like try these or people they just gave it to people and said all right play with it however you want like do whatever gestures you want and then they'll try and back those out later they did a set of surveys to look at uh, different types of gesture for two different functions one being interface control the other being emotional communication okay and so in my notes uh, i have an image of all the different gestures so they were like, this is in the paper. So, if you so want the to emotional out. control, they were like, okay, you're going to watch When Harry Met Sally. And I want you to type your emotions into this skin on throughout the movie. <laughs> you know? I mean, and then afterwards, they run it through the software and they were like, well, they laughed. They cried. They <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it, you have this fondness towards Harry Met Sally. It's a good movie. Good I movie. laughed. I cried. You know, <laughs> it has everything. So, I mean, that's one way to think about it. Another is to think of gestures that express anger seeking attention tickling comfort anger upsetness and comfort okay i feel like you just said anger three different ways and comfort three different ways i actually did okay (laughs) because i felt like i said that too (laughs) so they basically different forms of comfort okay so i mean i'm looking at this image (laughs) and the first emotional communication one is a slap yes which again deeply unsettles me that like I'm going to be looking at something on my phone and then I'm just suddenly going to spank it. Dude, go to the last one. Stroke for comfort. Oh, no. I really don't want to stroke my phone. (laughs) I know. It's weird. so unsettling. Yeah. Just wait until the the sex doll industry gets their hands on this. I know. I try not to go there with this, but... uh, (laughs) I'm just saying... How can you not think of... Dude, it's just weird... Like, who's funding this research, you know? You got to ask. We got to follow the money. We got to follow the money all the way to the bottom. Yeah. Uh, no, serious. I mean, the reason that comes to mind is that these gestures are like strangely sensual. Like half of them look like a massage going on. I don't know. No, I know they're they're strange. There's Dude, there's probably some there's probably some like fringe half percent market in the porn industry or like you know sex device industry where they could sell this and like become millionaires. Well, this seems like you know how there's that. I don't know if it's like a theory or if it's a joke from like Silicon Valley. But like that, like the porn industry actually leads tech a lot of the time. No, I think so. Like video streaming was first pioneered there, and now like VR is now being pioneered there. And like, well, so all right, I'm gonna go down classic James rabbit hole. Okay, <laughs> we talked about we've talked to several times about this both on the podcast and off. But satellite internet, mm. you know, satellite internet is great because you can get to remote places. So if you're looking at a satellite link, you can look at different things. You could put a low Earth orbit into orbit like SpaceX is doing. 
or you could do a geostationary orbit like some other companies do. Mm-hmm. There are trade-offs and costs, etc. One of the big considerations with any internet link is bandwidth. And if you're going to look at bandwidth, you have to say, well, what are people using the bandwidth for? It's like 90% of the internet is videos. Yeah. And where are those videos? YouTube and porn sites. Yeah. It's like Netflix and probably, yeah, porn. <laughs> and so you're like, you know, SpaceX is doing internet. There's a bunch of geostationary internet companies already. Amazon is starting to build a constellation. And you have to think of these like big wig CEOs being like, all right, we're going to design a system. 80% of it's going to be for porn. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, true. It's, it's probably not actually like, it's probably not 80%. 80% is video, but a big portion Dude, of that. I've heard, I've heard that 30% of all internet traffic period is just Netflix. Wow. So, I mean, now imagine probably what present porn is. Okay. Probably similar, if not more. Damn. Yeah. So you're right. Like they're sitting in a in a room, like doing up their engineering trade study, and they're like, "Okay, what are the big drivers here?" Yeah. So that was a long way to say. <laughs> who knows what they might do? Maybe they'll these authors will drop out of grad school and get hired by some dark industry. I'm fifty percent sure that will happen. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. Now that we've been, uh, our minds are sufficiently in the gutter after looking at this, like technical graphic <laughs> from a paper that has to be one of our best tangents that we've had so far yeah probably questionable whether it'll even make it to the final episode <laughs> but seriously i mean this is like a graphic from the paper and it's like it's like caress your phone <laughs> it's kind of weird yeah but i mean also a logical gesture to include if you have a skin interface it is yeah okay so they had people do these gestures and then they basically backed out like we can distinguish all these different things yeah so for i mean for all these tests you know this is like it's a conference publication, so it's probably not as thorough. It's not clinical medicine. So they had eight participants. They did three practice trials each, five test trials. What they found was that 85% success recognizing a light press, similar for like hand contact, stretching the skin, pinching the skin, stroking the skin. 100% detection for hard press. Charlie, I bolded this in the notes just because I knew it would weird you out. 78% success rate for tickling. Oh, no. Which is, I mean, I don't like that. I know. It's weird. Is your phone going to like giggle? <laughs> like the doughboy? Yeah. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. Okay. Right? So that's, so the doughboy, that's what I'm saying. Like when you see the ad and they, they poke his belly, you're like, oh, that's very doughboy. You're like, I yeah. kind of want to do that. Why couldn't they make this thing look like that? Like the very appealing, creamy white color, smooth, you know, like I would buy that phone case. Charlie... I'm going to say you should just email them and ask them. I should. I should be on their design team. Yeah. Actually, I, I want nothing to do with this company. <laughs> it's not a company. It's I'm, research. I'm going to get as far from their lab as possible. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Can you imagine how weird their lab is with all the like disgusting <laughs> oh prototypes? God, it's like right. a alien. I don't know if you ever saw the fourth alien when they no. walk in. And there's like all these like they were trying to do this spoiler alert. Alien 4, they're trying to, like, blend humans and the aliens huh. together. And so there's all these, like, failed attempts. Huh. And there's, like, the one in the bed that's like, kill me. <laughs> like, kill at the me. end of the fly. Yeah. Which is also a spoiler. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> but no. But, so, yeah. So there's is, probably tons of these things This is why it made around. me think of that movie, Existence. Yeah. They have a, like, a video game. The whole thing is about, like, kind of a VR video game. That's, uh-huh. like, very real where, like, you kind of, like, plug your, like hands into it and it's it you look down and like it's like this gamepad in your lap that looks like skin and it looks like like a weird blob of skin 
and then and then you like plug your hands into it and like you kind of go into the game that way this is the point in the podcast where i'm grimacing for like 30 <laughs> seconds but... dude well we'll watch this movie. i haven't seen this yeah we'll cover it on a follow-up episode <laughs> yeah we should do like a, a response video <laughs> yes Ugh. Uh, all right i'm like i'm kind of done with this man that's it fortunately that's i'm glad it. that that's yeah. it that's it so, so uh, what was the news coverage like on this I mean, the news coverage was decent. You know, they talked about the interfaces and stuff and the weird implications of it. I mean, it's it's like a relatively straightforward thing to cover. But that one thing that was interesting is that they call them scientists because they're researchers. And, you know, like, I don't mean that as a dig or anything. Yeah. But, like, they're researchers studying human-computer interaction, but it's not, like, fundamental science. It's, I just very, th- it's very engineering. It's ven- very engineering. Whereas, like, I would imagine, like, scientists are people who are maybe, like, Maybe, yeah, doing like a 3D printed bioengineering something. I don't know. Or advancing like fundamental knowledge of physics or biology. Like I wouldn't call anything I do science. Yeah. I use scientific principles, but it's engineering. Interesting. So I, I don't know. It's interesting when you, when you call someone a scientist, it's like. I get what you're saying. I think it's because it's because you're in the belly of, of the beast. Yeah. That you really understand that distinction. Like to you, when you think of scientist, you think like person in a lab coat, you know, like working in like a lab, whereas you know that your work is like going down, you know, wearing your flannel. You've got like a coffee in one hand and you're like soldering with the other. And that's and that's your research. And that's what they're doing in this paper. Yeah, I guess I bring that up, you know, again, it's not a dig. I thought this was really cool research. It was, I'm bringing it up more because I thought it was interesting that I had this like emotional reaction to reading a weird headline being like scientists discover like skin on interface like this is some medical breakthrough with some you know huge insight about skin or whatever and it's like this is like human centered design and engineering yeah it's like I mean ultimately it's like a product yeah it's like product know? development yeah um no I, I get what you're saying and I agree I, I was playing devil's advocate a little bit no, totally, totally. But I do agree. Like, there is actually a pretty important distinction between science and engineering. And bo- in both cases, you know, I mean, you and I are both getting PhD degrees, which is a very, like, science thing, but in engineering departments. Yeah. You know? So, like, I think that distinction probably stands out to us as well. Yeah. More so it, than most. Well, and we've talked about this before, but I think one of the things I'm realizing, too, is, like, culturally, when you call someone a scientist... You're, you're basically like, oh, you're not, you're a scientist. Like you're not part of the everyday population. And that's one of the reasons we make this podcast is because it's like, these are people doing research. Like this is their job is to study human computer interaction and they come up with novel technology, but it's like they're people. It gives, yeah, it gives like a, a false authority. Yeah. It's also, it's like a false dichotomy of people. It's like putting someone on a pedestal. Yeah. And I think that that's why that term comes up in the headlines. They say like, scientists create it gives it this kind of mythical like aura Mm -hmm. of like people in a lab produced this crazy technology it's like no i mean these are like people we know it's like your friends like normal like yeah or like nasa discovers and it's like yeah no those are like they're everyday people and like they work a job and they're it's cool work but it's like that one bugs me a lot you gotta put it into context and it doesn't take away from it to say that totally it'll be like oh nasa nasa discovers new warp drive that violates physics it's like no i mean like one particular group of a couple researchers that are funded by nasa worked on this thing that is very contentious in that field yeah that that is proposed to violate it's like 
NASA, the authority, did not come out and say, everyone, we're going to the next galaxy over. Like, we we solved it, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. The big blob NASA. Yeah. The NASA doughboy. Or girl. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so, I feel like that was a very long, pedantic rant that we just had. Yeah, that was, like, literally a discussion about semantics. Yeah. But... Again, it's kind of the point of this podcast. It's like understanding what is really meant when news articles say things about science. Yeah. When they say scientists produce, you know, it's not some mystical thing that happened. Like, it's not a faceless It's not a miracle. Like, yeah, it's like people. It's it's us. It's you and me. People that you probably know. Yeah, exactly. Well, Charlie, with that, I think I can speak for us all when I say can't wait to see the new skin on iPhone. Oh, please no iPhone 12. iPhone 12, here we come. Hitting shelves with a nice, clammy, meaty slap Yes. next year. Yes. Well, if this episode didn't sell you on listening to more of our episodes, <laughs> <laughs> let me do so now. Uh, definitely check us out on social media. Our handle is at paperboyspod. We love to get emails, paperboyspod at gmail.com. And as Charlie mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we would really appreciate it especially if you're still listening now at the end of the episode, if you checked out and supported our Patreon, patreon.com slash paperboyspod. If you made it this far, then you deserve the bonus episodes, really. Yes. Email us. Tell us that you listened this far just because we'll be super impressed. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's like a Easter egg. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going to get like one email. No, but seriously, the bonus episodes are probably more, at least the most recent ones, more unsettling than this. And uh, the ones before that have been all about kind of like cool science throughout history, like the discovery of DNA or proving the theory of relativity experimentally, stuff like that. Yeah. And next month, uh, we don't have an episode picked out yet, but I've got some ideas up my sleeve. I've got some too. Really? Yeah. Should we air them out right here or? uh... Let's keep it hidden. Yeah, we'll leave them them for the Patreon. Yes. So check that out, patreon.com slash paperboyspod. It is surprisingly affordable to get those bonus episodes and a free sticker. Free sticker. What more could you want? Yes. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and join us next week for another exciting edition of Paper Boys. Paperboys.